0: get to your scripture, and uh, we're going to take a look at God's Word this morning. Uh, Pastor Kyle has already mentioned this, but if you're visiting, we just want to say welcome, and um, we just consider you a guest today, and and that you would just experience the things that God uh, would have for you this morning. We're turning, I guess I didn't tell you where to turn yet, to 1 John, right at the back of your Bible. Or at the back of your cell phone, whatever it might be. First uh, John, and uh, this is the last Sunday of our eight-week series entitled "The Culture of Family." We have been journeying for for seven weeks. This is our eighth week, and uh, looking at this idea that God that, that we find in Scripture that that God calls us a family. And that that we have a Heavenly Father that we're called into intimate relationship with, not a distant God that you don't really know and that you you can't really go to for relationship, but a God that calls us into intimacy. And and we've unpacked that, God as Father. Not God, full stop, but God as Father. Experiencing God's love, but we don't stop there. Experiencing God's love as our Father, our Heavenly Father, what that means. So this morning, as we as we conclude, we we look at a topic that that has to do with us as we sit here this morning. Family. You know, Scripture describes us as a family, a church family. And we looked at that idea last week and we'll press into it again this week. Can you come next week prepared to share stories of what God has done in your life? Could you do that? Could you take some time this week to just pray, Lord? ask the Lord over these, over these last eight weeks, what is it that you've stirred in my heart? You might wanna just go back over some of the things that you have read in, in the, the daily devotional. Or maybe you're someone that journals. And you may wanna sit down sometime this week and just read through your journal and begin to ask yourself the question, God, what is it that you have done in my life? Some stirring, an answer to prayer, something that you've, you've revealed yourself in a new way. And I want to come and I want to share that next week because that will be an encouragement to someone. You know, there's something powerful about you sharing what God's done in your life that, that sparks something in our spirits to want more of God in us. And so next week, we're going to take time as a church family just to share. And uh, you may think, well, this is really insignificant. It really doesn't, you know, it's not a big thing. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't transformed in, into a different person overnight if God has done something in your life, you know it's His stirring. You know it's His touch on your life. I encourage you to take uh, take faith to share that. And so we'll do that next Sunday. But let's read First John, chapter two, if you're there. And I'm just going to begin to read at verse 12. I think I'll start at verse 12, and down to verse 14. John is writing to a church family. And he says, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name, Jesus' name. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you have known the father. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Family is something that God has designed, we're going to talk about spiritual family this morning, but there are moments in the life of family that kind of stand out as moments that are meant to be moments of drawing together, of... Uh, relationship, of special moments. There, there's moments of celebration, and there's moments of sadness. And, and moments of celebration, take, for instance, Christmas. Christmas is a time where we remember that family is important, and we know that as Christians, we, we focus in on the reason for our hope, which is Jesus, God come to earth. But even as a culture, on Christmas Day, uh, businesses shut down. You will find very few stores open Uh, Tim Hortons here uh, on the corner is open in case you need your coffee on Christmas Day. They are actually open Christmas Day now. But most businesses will close. And the thought is this. We are not working today because today is about family. Today is the day where we have booked our plane tickets and we are flying to see mom and dad or we are flying to that place where our family is gathering. Today is the day where we say no to work and we say yes to relationship and we say yes to this thing called the family unit. And it's important. And so we will lay aside the opportunity to make money on this day because we want to prioritize family. There are moments like this that are meant to highlight the, the, the richness of family. And so we travel great distances on that day to be with family, perhaps. There is good food. There is gift giving. You've thought about how to give something meaningful that will share your love with someone. There are stories told there, there are generations that are represented. This isn't just about young people or old people. This is, this is a moment in your family where are grandma's there and, and grandpa's there, hopefully, if they can make it. Uh, the newest ones in the family are there and everything in between. These are moments that highlight family, and they are meant to be rich. They're meant to reflect what God desires for family. There are also not only times of celebration, but times of sadness and there are times of loss. And and perhaps you've been through a loss recently and there's a funeral. These, again, are moments where where families are meant to come together and to support one another, that we would lean on each other's shoulders, that we would put our arms around one another and and comfort each other in moments of loss. And so there's very few things that get in the way of these types of events. Again, their work is set aside, flights are booked, We make it a priority to be with family in those moments, and and there's a richness that's intended in those moments together. Families draw close, and they draw near to one another, and they experience what family is meant to mean to you in God's design, in his desire. And so family is the way that God designed it, and we looked at that, I I won't recover that. Uh, But we know that that sin has marred and broken that picture and has, has broken us, and we carry that brokenness. And so because of that, there are people that spend Christmas alone with no one. It's never meant to be that way. Because of that, there are funerals where family members refuse to talk to one another. They won't even get in the same vehicle to go to the graveside. And there are stories of arguments breaking out in parking lots and anger flaring up. And, and that's the reality of the brokenness of family. In the day and age in which we live, there, there is a struggle for relationship. And we have to contend for relationship, especially in our family unit. And perhaps, as I'm describing some brokenness this morning, you're thinking of, a, you're thinking of your family family. You're thinking of your extended family. You're thinking of a circumstance where where you were deeply wounded and there's brokenness. And you're thinking, yeah, I'm not experiencing the richness that God intends because there's brokenness in my family. And so this is where spiritual family is so vitally important. Can I say that again? This is where spiritual family, knowing that there are are people around you that you, you know are brothers and sisters spiritually, that are mothers and fathers spiritually, it's so important because every one of us carries brokenness in our family, in our physical family. And so spiritual family is meant to be God's avenue of grace into your life, where people speak into your life in a way that's healing, in a way that just pours grace into you. And so do you realize that God has designed spiritual family to be a place where we find healing and we find grace poured into our lives, and then the overflow begins to spill into the broken places of our physical family. That that's God's intent. I'm not I'm not making this up. This isn't something I just decided this week. Oh, wouldn't that be nice if it worked that way? No. This is what we find in God's word. Your spiritual family is so vital. If we walk in the way that God intended us to, it's rich. It is life-giving. And boy, does the enemy ever try to keep us from getting there in our spiritual family. And so look around you this morning. I've asked you to do this a few times before, but look around you. There are brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers in this Family, that you would call your church family that are meant to speak into your life and, and bring grace to you and bring healing to you and bring love to your life and, and that that would begin to spill over into the broken places of your physical family. God has designed it that way. That's his heart. And we just need to keep pressing in to experiencing what God has designed. And so as we gather, we commit to journeying with one another. And God's grace is poured out in that journey together we need each other we need each other you know we're we're not just a collection of individuals that comes and sits and goes home i mentioned this last sunday or or maybe in some senses we are but boy we can move past that can't we 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 are more than the sum total of, of just some individuals sitting in a room for an hour and a half on a sunday morning there is a richness and a depth to your spiritual family that God intends for you to experience and this morning, I hope you catch that in some way. I hope that the Holy Spirit bursts in you a desire to know what he desires for you to know and the richness that he desires for you to experience. And so last Sunday, I asked if I could meet with the parents. Pastor Kyle and I had a few things to share. And, and it was just really about this desire for us uh, that, our, that our, our places of service, our ministry teams, would represent all of the different generations that are in our church that we wouldn't just have adults serving on this team and children serving on this team and, and that, that kind of segregation, but that, that we would begin to, to find ways for the old and the young to serve together and, and to begin to connect and to begin to experience some richness. And in the midst of that, I was sharing a thought that I, I just read uh, earlier that week, and the thought is this, that as a father, my role is to raise up fathers And so I have three sons. I'm blessed. I have three sons. My role is not just to help them to become young men, but my role is to help them to know what it's like to be a father. And then that they, in time, would begin to have sons that they would help to grow into young men, but not that it would stop there, that their sons would know what it's like to be a father. And it just goes on from generation to generation. And, and, I, and there was this moment when I was sharing this, and it's the same with mothers, by the way, that your role is to raise up mothers, not just daughters, but mothers. They would see an example in you of what it means to be a mother and to be a father. And I had this moment where I was overcome a little bit with emotion, and, and I was sharing this because I thought, and I said this, I said, you know, my sons need fathers in this room to speak into their lives, not just me. I can't do it alone. Carrie Lynn and I can't do it alone. You are our spiritual family. And, and there are mothers and fathers here today that will have an opportunity to speak into my son's and my daughter's lives and to, and to, and to be that blessing to them that, that you're meant to be. And it's the same with every relationship in this room. And so we need each other. We do. And in our individualistic society, we we can just walk alone, and we miss so much when we do that. And so when the church walks as God intends, as a spiritual family, then there is a strengthening in our lives. And so John, in 1 John, this is the John that wrote uh, the Gospel of John. This is late in his life. He's very elderly. And he writes this, and he begins to use some terminology that has to do with family. He's talking about spiritual family, But he talks about uh, two things, the foundation of family and the framework of family. And I want to start with the foundation of family. If we are to be a healthy, strong, spiritual family, we right here in this room, if we are to be a strong, healthy, vibrant, spiritual family, what is the foundation that we build on? What is the foundation that we build on? What are we building on? And is it what God God calls us to? Let's read verse 7 to 11. Can I bring you back to your Bibles? The same chapter, but we're going to go back a little bit. So chapter 2 of 1 John, and we're going to read from verse 7 to 11. The foundation of any family, including a spiritual family. He says this, Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message that you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command, Its truth is seen in him and in you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. He's talking about Jesus. Because of Jesus coming, there's a new way to walk. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother. Now here he's talking about spiritual family. Okay, he's talking about brothers and sisters in the Lord. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is is still in darkness. But whoever loves his brother lives in the light and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. There is this this foundation of spiritual family and physical family as well. And the foundation simply is this, that we build on the foundation of love. Oh, we've heard this a million times. Don't check out on me, please. If, If you are going to be part, and I am going to be part of a healthy, strong church family, The foundation we build on relationally is love, and it is is a love that only God can give us for one another. That's the foundation. That is what will stand the test of time. That is what will, will allow us to walk through storms that may come our way as a church family. That is what will allow you to dig deep in that place of loving your brother and sister and work through conflict instead of turning around and walking out the door and never coming back. There is a foundation that God calls you to build on, that will make us strong as a church family. And that is the foundation of love. And so John begins to talk about this concept of light, and, and he points us to the fact that, that Jesus is the true light. Jesus has come, the light of the world. You can read this in the first chapter of John, the other book that he that he wrote, The Gospel of John. And so he says, he says, To walk or to live in the light is to walk in love. We know that one of the definitions that that God reveals himself to us is love. God is love. And so as we commit to God and we walk in the light, then we also, as part of that, we begin to love our brothers and our sisters. And so light and love belong together and darkness and hatred belong together. So, so darkness and hatred are, are, are twins. Uh, they, they, just, they just naturally belong together. And, and then on the opposite end of that spectrum, there's, there's light and there's love. And those things belong together as well. That as we begin to allow the light of Christ, to do a work in our lives, th- then, then the twin of that is that God will begin to, sh- to put in our hearts a love for our brothers and sisters around us, a love for the people that sit ahead and behind you and beside you in the pew, your spiritual family. God will begin to put in you a deep love for the people around you. And so, so there, there's this, this thought that the person with hatred in their heart is really walking in darkness, and that darkness really blinds them. You know what hatred and anger toward people uh, does in our lives, if we're carrying that? It distorts our perspective. It distorts our view of others. So if you're carrying anger toward people in your heart, you're not seeing them clearly. You're no longer able to see any goodness in their lives in a way that begins to soften you and begins to, to actually you know, allow you to care for them. See, anger and hatred distorts your perspective. And, and perhaps this morning, that's a struggle of yours. There's this deep-seated anger in your life. And can I encourage you that God can set you free from that? Because if he doesn't, your view of relationship will be colored through that filter of anger. And you won't be able to see clearly. Your path will, it'll be like you're stumbling, God can set us free from those things that that cause us to stumble. However, John says, as we abide in the light of God's love for us, as we understand the deep love of God in our lives, then we can begin to see clearly and we can begin to walk properly. Maybe I can put it this way. I think I I have another slide. This is what John is saying. He's saying this, love sees straight, Love thinks clearly and love helps us to walk in a place of genuine care and concern for those around us. So as God's love begins to transform, you begin to actually think clearly in your relationships. As God's love begins to impact your life in a deep way, you begin to, to see straight. You begin to have this ability that, that it's like there's this light shining on your path and you can walk in relationships in a different way. It, it, it's possible. It's possible. That as God begins to do his work in your life, it's like, wow, this this light is beginning to illuminate your path. And you're not stumbling anymore in relationships like like someone who's in the dark. But the light that you're walking in is the light of God's power and the light of God's grace and the light of the, the love of Christ for you. And that will begin to help you to walk in your relationships with others. And so John's words are kind of strong You know, they're kind of, they're revealing words in a day when people are opting out of engaging with their spiritual family. You see, the the, the thought that that is probably more and more as we go along is this, that I can sit in my living room in front of a TV and I can get everything I need spiritually. I can experience what what God has for me in, in, in the isolation of my living room, in my favorite chair, with my favorite coffee in my hand, and with my favorite preacher you don't have to listen to Pastor Clark. You can listen to whoever you want to and you can pick and choose and say, yeah, I like that guy. I'm gonna listen to him and and that's gonna be my spiritual family. No, it's not. (laughs) You're missing, missing so much of what God intends if that's the thinking that we begin to slip into. And so John's words are are pretty appropriate for the, the temptations that we have in our day and age, which is to isolate And just to say, all I need is just God and me. And you can walk your spiritual journey that way. But boy, do we ever miss out on the richness of what what John is leading us to. And so he's calling us back to understanding the depth of what spiritual family is. He's calling us back again to committing to one another. To loving one another. And to building on that foundation of love that God begins to pour into our lives. And so he starts with the foundation of family. And then he moves on to the framework of family. And and he begins to talk about spiritual growth and maturity. The framework of a house or of anything that you build is, is really what kind of holds it together. It's the structure. And so when Paul begins to think of a spiritual family, we can think of us here this morning, when he begins to think of a spiritual family, he mentions three family groupings, three family members. And he talks about children, he talks about young adults, and he talks about parents. So, in any given church family, and in, in the spiritual family as God intends it, there are going to be children, there are going to be young adults, and there are going to be parents—mothers and fathers. I, I want to just note this morning that as we were reading that passage of Scripture where he says, "I write to you, children; I write to you, fathers; I write to you, sons," that the language of John's day was predominantly male, but but in in most cases, the biblical authors are using inclusive concepts. So they are talking about children as, as uh, young boys and girls. They are talking about uh, young men and young women. They are talking about fathers and mothers. So this is, this is about the family, not, not just one slice of it. And so John begins to, to use this terminology to help us to understand the family. And I thought maybe um, some visuals would help us this morning... To, uh, to just unpack a little bit about what John is getting at. And so I was trying to think about these three categories of spiritual family, and he's talking about spiritual maturity. So it, we begin as children in our walk with the Lord. We, we come to this place of, of giving our heart to the Lord and of putting our faith in Jesus, and we are born again. There is new life in us spiritually. We are reconnected to the Father, and so we become the children of God. There's a relationship that wasn't there before. And so I thought maybe uh, children could be represented by a plate. Any idea why I picked a plate that's empty? supposed to fill them. That's right. Uh, You know, as parents or as grandparents or whatever the case may be, that, that children don't bring a lot to offer you in the sense of ability. You know, they are born super needy. And so this empty plate is just representative of that stage in their life where you need to just keep feeding them. You need to just keep loving them. You need to just keep training them because you know that they're in that stage in life where there is some massive development happening so quickly. And and so they come like this to you, right? Over and over and over again, and, and you're, as parents and grandparents, you keep putting things on their plate. You keep, you keep giving them what they need because you know that they're in this, this stage of development. They don't have maybe a lot to offer at a very, very young age. Uh, but as they grow, they begin to mature and change. And so, so, so John says, I, I write to you children because you have known the Father and you have come to know the Father. And so he's referring to uh, those that, that stage in our spiritual development where we've just come to know the Lord, where we have put our faith in Christ and we're in that stage where we just, we're like this spiritually, right? We need mothers and fathers that are gonna, spiritually, gonna put something on our plate and help us to grow. We need to be part of a church family where we can find relationship that will help us in that stage in our walk with God because we're, we're needy, we're growing, there's a steep learning curve, all kinds of things to begin to understand about God so that we begin to mature from children to young adults. And so John says, I write to you, children. We all start here. We all begin somewhere in our spiritual journey. And we need to understand that, that, that we are children, that e- e- even at that stage in our, in our development spiritually, we can begin to slip back into that thought, it, and that is this, that I need to earn God's love. I'm, I'm a servant more than I am a child. And so we need to understand who we are in Christ. And then he goes on, and he begins to, to refer to the second group uh, in, a, in a spiritual family, and that is young adults. He says, young men, young men and young women, I write to you because you have overcome the evil one. And so what I chose for a symbol to represent this stage of spiritual growth and development is a sword. And um, this is a this is a sword from from Thailand from my Thailand days when um, I never used it. <laughs> uh, it just hung on the wall in our home, and I got it as a as a well, I guess just as a reminder of my Thailand days. Paul or John says this. He says, "I write to you, young men, young women, because you have overcome the evil one." And so, so there is meant to be this growth where we move from a place of of that that. Um, development in our spiritual walk to a place where we have now grown into being young adults, young men and women. And in that place, what, is, what does John begin to say? He says, this is the stage in your spiritual journey where there is, there is some strength that has come into your life because of what God is doing in your life. So you're no longer tossed and turned by every every wind of doctrine that comes your way. You're no longer thrown off by every little bump in the road. But there there is a strength in your life that has come as you've learned to trust God and, and you've grown from, from this stage in your, in your, in your relationship with God it's just being very needy to a place where, where you now begin to understand that in the spiritual battle that you're in, you begin to win some victories because you begin to understand how it is that you can begin to overcome the work of the enemy and begin to see God's work in your life and in other people's lives in a significant way. And so this is that second grouping that John mentions. And he says, you have overcome the evil one. You've, you've grown to that place in your spiritual maturity where when the battles come your way, you know how to take the word of God and begin to use it to defeat the work of the enemy in your family. You know how to take the word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, and you know how to use that and begin to apply it to the struggles that you have in your marriage and begin to find victory. You know how to take the word of God and begin to resist the enemy and begin to find places of, uh, of growth in the Lord and victory over the enemy. And so he just begins to outline this, these, these stages of maturity that we go through. And so, so the young men and women are the warriors. They heal the sick They cast out demons. They destroy the works of evil. They feed the hungry. They take care of widows and orphans. They they bring people into the love of the Father and into His family. And keep in mind, I'm not talking about an age here. I'm talking about spiritual maturity, the stage that we are meant to grow into. They're at a point in their walk with God that they know how to gain ground. You have based your life firmly on the Word of God, and as a result, there is a strength in your life that comes in your walk with God. You're no longer an infant, but you've begun to grow and mature into a young adult in the Lord. There's an example that Pastor Ian brings us to, and, and it's example of a lady named Heidi Baker. Is anyone familiar with that with that name, Heidi Baker? She um, she is being uh, used of the Lord in in, uh, in Mozambique in an incredible way, and and over the past maybe a decade and a half, there there have been tens of thousands of people who have come to experience the love of God in their lives and have come to put their faith in Christ because of her work in that country. There are orphans that are being fed, thousands of of orphans that are being brought into homes where they can begin to find that love that they have been missing. They can be cared for and loved and fed and educated. And, And so there's this entire nation that is being impacted by this this woman named Heidi Baker. But all of this began when she encountered uh, the love of her Heavenly Father in a very significant way, in a way that began to change her, and she began to build on that foundation of that experience of God's love for her. You see, for 10 years she had been working in that nation. She had planted 10 churches in 10 years. Most of those had failed. There were a few of them that, that were limping along, and, and she had come to this place where she was physically sick. She, they thought, actually, she was going to die. And she was calling out to God in this deep, dark place in her life. And, and she went to a, a gathering. And, and in that gathering, she experienced the love of the Father through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And she began to function as a warrior. She began to simply build on that, that, that experience with God that had really changed her. And she began to see lives change. She grew from from an infant into a young adult. And so how do you become a young woman or a young man in the Lord? It's, It's not about age. It's really about experiencing the power and love of the Father and then beginning to bring his kingdom to earth and see lives changed through your life. And so if the spiritual family is to be healthy, it needs children to grow into sons and daughters. If we are to be a healthy church family, Spiritually speaking, we build on that foundation of love with one another, and then we begin to realize I don't want to stay at the state of at the plate stage in my spiritual walk. I want to begin to allow God to mature me and grow me so that I begin to move into the young adult stage. I begin to know how to take ground spiritually in my family, in my marriage, in my relationships. I want to begin to bring the power of God to people's lives. And see them begin to experience His love. And so, are you a young man or a young woman of God this morning? We can we can stay at this stage for a good long time, <laughs> and we can come on Sundays and 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 maybe get our plate filled. But but that's the only that's it for us. That's it. And we haven't learned to begin to feed ourselves, to begin to take the word of God and digest it, to begin to experience stories of victory that that would be our stories. Not just hearing what's happening in someone else's life and hearing how they're beginning to experience God and his power, but but you are meant to have those stories in your life. And so we are meant to grow and, and, and not just stay at a place where it's just, you know, Feed me and feed me and feed me, and if I don't get fed when I, what I get fed, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complain. <laughs> now we move beyond that church. Yeah, we mature. We begin to grasp a hold of the things of God in our lives. And we begin to experience what it means to be a young adult, a, a young man and woman in the Lord. But, but then there's another category. This is the end goal that, that John leads us to. And the end goal is this, that you would become mothers and fathers, spiritually speaking. Do you know that's God's intent for you? That you would become mothers and fathers in his spiritual family. And we, 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 have, we all go through those different stages. So we, will, we, need, we need children we need those who are coming to faith in Christ for the first time. We, we, need, we need people who are just being born again for the first time, experiencing the gospel and responding to it. We need children, spiritually speaking. You know, children bring life, don't they? They bring joy. Yeah, they bring challenges, but man, it sure outweighs the goodness of a child. And so we need people who are coming into the kingdom And then we need to begin to pour into their lives and begin to see them grow into young adults, but then we need to actually see ourselves and and, and those people grow into mothers and fathers in the family. And so this is the last category that that he speaks to, and John says, I write to you fathers and and mothers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. You know, I kind of struggled with what symbols to represent fathers and mothers, and um, Carrie Lynn helped me with this. And, and so I, I thought, you know, there isn't really one symbol that we can stick with. And so up here, there's a, there's a bowl, and man, it's full of good stuff. So, so a bit of a contrast, right, from the plate to the bowl. There's also an hourglass that represents the passage of time, can represent maturity, that there are experiences in the Lord over time that someone begins to develop into a, a father and a mother spiritually. And then there's, there's some spice that represents seasoning. And this is Montreal steak spice. If you're cooking this afternoon you need some of this, just come and get it. Um, so, so there is this, there's this place that we are meant to get to in our spiritual journey, and that is being a spiritual father and a spiritual mother. We need spiritual fathers, and we need spiritual mothers in our church family that are those that have over time and and just over faithfulness to the Lord and and through difficulties and through trial and through fires and loss have just come to this deep place of maturity in the Lord and they know God. They know him who is from the beginning. They they understand the faithfulness of God so that when the children and the young adults of the family are going through difficulties, we have mothers and fathers that will speak into your life and say, listen, 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 I, I, I know that God is faithful. Let me tell you what he's done in my life. Let me walk with you through this trial. Don't, don't get thrown off, but trust in God's faithfulness. We need mothers and fathers in every spiritual family, and these are spiritual adults where we've come to a place of deep communion with God. They walk in that place of deep faith and assurance of God's power and faithfulness. And so what they do is they, they begin... They begin to invest into those that are just in their infancy in Christ and they begin to they begin to sow into their lives out of this, this abundance of what God's done in their lives. And so maybe you're in this category this morning and, and, and you, you've given up on this because maybe you feel like you don't have a place anymore. I want to encourage you. We need mothers and fathers who will sow into into our lives in whatever stage of development we're in and we begin to get a picture of what God intends for a spiritual family. And whatever stage you're in, you're meant to progress to the next stage. You may realize this morning, man, I'm still in this stage right here where I just come and I just want to get a good meal and that's the extent of my spiritual journey with the Lord. It really is. And it's pretty hard in that stage. If you stay there for too long, it's pretty hard not to become... uh, jaded and critical and and just begin to sour because you haven't begun to grasp a hold of the things of God for yourself. And so Paul touches on this as well. One scripture before we close 1 Corinthians 4:14 4, to 15. Paul says he's writing to the Corinthian church. It's Paul this time, not John. He says, "I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children." For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers or mothers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Paul is saying that the world perhaps and even the church have many guides but but few fathers and mothers. It's, It's perhaps easy to find people who are able to share information with you, who are able to share knowledge with you. But Paul is saying we need fathers and mothers that will pour their lives into us out of the experience and the depth that they've experienced in God. And so fathers and mothers, we need you. We need you to pour into our lives out of that deep place of intimacy that you have experienced in God. We need you to release the things of the Lord in our lives. And so all of those three categories are in a given church family. And so maybe you haven't realized that you are meant to grow to be a spiritual father and mother. Maybe you think, you know what? I, I'm never gonna get here, right? There, there's That's just for a select few. No, that's for you. I mean, you. You have children and grandchildren in your physical family that you are meant to be a spiritual mother and father to. You have, you have those in this church family out of a place of relationship that you are meant to encourage and pour into. And some of you here have a depth of of experience in the Lord that I'm just going to encourage you to continue to share. We need you. We need the mothers and fathers in the house. And so Pastor Ian lists a few characteristics and I'm going to close with this, but just listen, there's too many here for you to jot down. If you want this list later, I'll I'll get it to you. But these are some characteristics of mothers and fathers this is what Paul says, you know, we, we need mothers and fathers in the house. We don't just need guides, we need mothers and fathers. And this, these are some characteristics of, of people who are at that stage in their walk with God. Mothers and fathers provide a safe, secure environment to try things with no judgment for failure. Mothers and fathers establish an environment of Forgiveness where people are safe to admit failure and sin and receive the forgiveness of God and of each other as family members. Mothers and fathers release various gifts through impartation and through commissioning so that the sick and wounded and the infirmed get healing and deliverance. Mothers and fathers speak and release the prophetic destiny for for children, helping them to see the glorious future that God has for them Mothers and fathers provide a context of a loving discipline that isn't harsh, but for love's sake does not shy away from speaking truth when it's needed to correct and to provide safety for all of the children in the house. Mothers and fathers model the strength and the humility of interdependence. They are not loners, but they are fully engaged relationally, neither being demanding and needy nor isolated in self-sufficiency, but they are engaged in gift-giving and receiving as the Holy Spirit distributes his gifts among the children and the young men and women. And one more. Mothers and fathers know how to help all members of the family encounter the Father's love and his spirit of adoption and assurance of salvation so that being rooted and grounded in love That the whole family can grow up to become future mothers and fathers in the house. John Maxwell once said, as leaders, we teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. You will reproduce what you are, and that is not meant to be a statement of condemnation. Every one of us is growing in some area of our lives, but oh, that we would begin to say, God, I want to reproduce what you're doing in my life. And, and I want to I move beyond this, the plate stage. And I realized this morning that that's my attitude to my church family. It's just come, I want to get something good Sunday morning and then I'm going to go home and that's it. M- maybe if God is beginning to say, listen, you need to move past that stage. Maybe it, it's been hard for you not to have a critical spirit. Maybe God's saying, listen, Get past the plate stage and begin to find battles that you can help people win. Begin to find people that you can pour into their lives and begin to see a new richness develop in your life because we don't, if we don't move past this, we just begin to become consumers and, and the more you consume, it's never enough. And so, and so church, let's, get, let's be challenged to grow. Let's be challenged to grow and whatever stage you're in, This morning, let's ask God to help us to grow to that next stage in our spiritual walk. Let's begin to to believe God for, for new baby Christians, people who have just encountered the love of God that we can begin to pour into. I'm just gonna ask you to stand this morning, and I'm gonna ask Stephanie if she'd come back. We have an opportunity to respond today to what God is speaking to your heart and to what God is speaking through his word And the response is very simple. The response is simply this, that we would take some time before we go, that you would take some time before you go this morning just to say, God, I, I want you to grow me to the next stage in my spiritual development. I want to grow. And I want to understand that whatever stage I'm in, that, that you're calling me to some things in that stage, that you're calling me perhaps to begin to win some battles. You're calling me to understand and to dig in, to know how God's word applies to my marriage and my family and my children and my home, and to begin to uh, to be a warrior for my family. Maybe you've journeyed with the Lord to a place of maturity, and, and God is calling you to once again reinvest what you have as a mother and a father, to find someone in this church family and begin to sow into their life. We are not meant to walk in isolation. And so I just ask that we would take a moment to pray, and and then uh, just, just a song of response. Then we'll be free to go. Would you, would you bow with me in prayer this morning? Lord, there's a few things that, that are so clear in your word this morning. And, and first of all, that the foundation of, of our church family, of our spiritual family, the foundation will be love. God, I wanna ask you in that regard, if there are areas of our lives where we are holding things against one another, it may not be to the point of hatred, but Lord, if there is brokenness, if there is discord in our relationships, God, we know that those things dim our path. We, we no longer are able to see clearly if we're carrying those things. We can't see each other clearly. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would pour your love into us in those areas of relationship, that we would begin to have a deep love for each other, that we would build on that foundation of your love, and that this church family would build on the foundation that will be, that will be sure and strong. So would you mend relationships here this morning? Would you do that, Lord? Perhaps it's with someone that's not here today, but we know we need to go to someone and just say, you know, I want things to be okay between us, and I have something to ask for forgiveness for. And so, God, would you make us make us strong? Help us to build in that foundation of love today as a church family. And and Lord, secondly, we've been reminded of this wonderful picture of what you intend a church family to be, a spiritual family with children and and young men and women and mothers and fathers in relationship, not, not isolated, but in relationship with one another, loving one another, pouring into one another's lives. And Lord, I pray that you'd save us from just being a collection of individuals. God, would you bring us past that? We need your help in that, in that area. But God, would you bring us to deep places of, of relationship in our, in our spiritual family this morning here with these people that we are with that we would be intentional about reaching out, about developing relationship, about praying about who we can pour into and walk with. And so, Lord, if the sum total of our relationship with this church family has been for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning to hold out our plate and then to go home, God, forgive us for that. Lord, we ask for your forgiveness. And we ask, Lord, that you would bring us to a place of experiencing the richness of relationship with one another that you call us to. Lord, shake us out of our place of complacency. If we're just plate holders and that's all it is, I pray that you would would shake us from that place. God, we don't want to be plate holders any longer. (laughs) But Lord, we want to move into deep relationship with you and with others, that this is going to be a church family, a spiritual family that experiences the richness of what is in your heart for us. And so we just commit to allowing you to do a work in us, a deeper work, Lord, with with joy, knowing that it leads us to good places. And so, Lord, as we respond today, we just allow you to do your work in us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Just going to invite you this morning that as we, Stephanie leads us in a song of worship, that if you need to respond and just come and pray this morning, that you would do that. Now, don't worry about what people are going to think. If you just want more of God and you know that before you go, you want to just come and you want to spend time seeking Him, that's what these altars are for. It's a place of seeking. If you want someone to pray with you, just come and stand, and we'll pray with you. If you want to be alone here, just come and kneel somewhere and spend time with the Lord. But church, I encourage you to come before you go. I encourage you to come and and just spend time with God, and solidifying what he wants to do in your heart this morning. Stephanie, why don't you lead us? And church, let's respond. Let's allow God to do his work in us before we go.